Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Great, we're going to be looking at 1 Timothy chapter 4. Um, so you need to find that in your Bible. I'm going to be, it's really like God's gym. It's like Paul's being a coach here to Timothy. And um, I'm, I'm going to read it first of all in the message version, which is, is like, it's not a translation, it's a paraphrase of the Bible, which is kind of more dynamic kind of reading. But it, here's God's word to us. The Spirit makes it clear that as time goes on, some are going to give up on the faith and chase after demonic illusions put forth by professional liars. These liars have lied so well and for so long that they've lost their capacity for truth. They'll tell you not to get married. They'll tell you not to eat this or that food. Perfectly good food created to be eaten heartily with thanksgiving by believers who know better. Everything God created is good and is to be received with thanks. Nothing is to be sneered at and thrown out. God's word and our prayers make every item in creation holy. You've been raised on the message of faith and followed sound teaching. Now, pass on this counsel to the followers of Jesus there and you'll be a good servant of of Jesus. Stay clear of silly stories dressed up as religion. Exercise daily in God. No spiritual flabbiness, please. Workouts in the gym are useful, but a disciplined life in God is far more so, making you fit both today and forever. You can count on this. Take it to heart. This is why we've thrown ourselves into this venture totally. We're banking on the living God, saviour of all men and all women, especially believers. Get the word out. Teach these things. Don't let anybody put you down because you're young. Teach believers with your life, by word, by demeanour, by love, by faith, by integrity. Stay at your post, read scripture, give counsel, teach. And that special gift of ministry you were given when the leaders of the church laid hands on you and prayed. Keep that dusted off and ready to use. Cultivate these things, immerse yourself in them. And the people will see you mature right before their eyes. Keep a firm grasp on both your character and your teaching Don't be diverted. Just keep at it. Both you and those who hear you will experience salvation. So much in this amazing passage. As I say, it is God's gym. And uh, Paul is teaching Timothy. And I love the imagery because I've been training in gyms since I was about 14. I was never very good at at, uh, team sports like football, but about 14 I started to get a little bit into weight training and ended up going to a boxing gym and it was like, this is it, I can do something on my own, I don't have to pass the ball to anybody else or whatever. And and I I ended up getting into that, that's why we kind of dressed up the stage a little bit behind here so that you, you know, and a lot of this stuff is out of my house because when lockdown finished I didn't stop training because it's it's who I am. It's not what I do. It's part of who I am. As I say, at the age of 
15, 16, I went to another gym in Longsight. I used to cycle there, and I got there. And the kind of gym it is will determine the kind of results that you get. And this one was called Sunfizz in Longsight. And there, there was these huge men. And I was this tiny, weedy little lad who went in among all these huge blokes. Like They were all like reading Arnold Schwarzenegger books and kind of... And, and, you know, henching out on bodybuilding and all that kind of thing. And then, and then after that, I, I, joined, I, I went to a judo gym, and I learned judo because that was what they taught at the judo gym. And then after that, I joined the police cadets, and there was all kinds of things happening there. And within six months in the police cadets, I grew three inches and put on a good couple of stone. And it was because of the food I was eating, because of the exercise I was doing. And then I, I, when I got into the police properly, I helped to make sure we got the gym in the police station and got it equipped to be able to be ready for the things that we had to do while I was in the police, etc. I've always found a way to train. Even on a holiday, I'll go for a run. I'll, I'll fill up plastic water bottles or something and lift them or lift up stones or something if I have to. Anything that you need to do in order to be able to be strong. And I'm doing that all the way through my life. I've been a member at a gym here in Didsbury since I arrived. And, I was, and I'd go at least three, four times a, a week until lockdown. And like I say, then what do you do? Well, do you just stop? Do you say, well, that's it. I'm not going to go to the, the gym. No, I have an app. And I follow an app. I read books. I read magazines to keep myself motivated. I follow programs. If I, if I, uh, if I get injured, I rest. And then I don't think about what I can't do. I decide I'm going to do what I can do. And I start to find something else that I can do. But what I don't do is I don't fall away. Let me read in the NIV the first seven verses. Follow along with me. It says this, the scripture clearly says that in later times some will abandon the faith, some will fall away, some will depart, it's saying. This is the word we, Greek word we get apostasy from, apostasy. They'll abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. See, you think somebody ends up not following Jesus. They get brought up in a church and, and they hear some other teaching or they decide that they're just going to do. And they've just made a, a different kind of a life choice in terms of what they believe. No, this says people fall away because they are seduced by evil spirits and they end up believing things that are taught by demons. This, this isn't me making it up. This is what the Bible says. It says that this... The spiritually evil teachings that are going to pull people away from the one who is the way and the truth and the life come through humans. They're, they're spiritually inspired, false doctrines, false teachings, false religions, false ways, and they have human agents. It says such teachings come through hypocritical liars. The word hypocrisy is, is to do with putting a mask on. These are people who lie, and they put a mask on in order to be able to cover it. How can they do that? Some of these are very religious people. Some of these might wear robes and collars. Some of them might carry a Bible. This isn't talking about the false teaching out there, the, you know, the satanic teaching, if you like, that you can find if you, if you just get on some rap videos or, or all kinds of other stuff that could be out there at the moment. Now, this is about in churches. There are hypocritical liars who teach things that are 
inspired by demons. They're not coming out of the Bible. They're trying to pull people away from simply following Jesus Christ. How can they do it? How can you teach like that? Well, he tells us, he says, whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. The word there is what we get cauterized from. You know, if you burn a piece of skin, it's no longer going to be uh, sensitive to anything. It's, it, that's literally the word in the Greek here, is cauterized. It's like you have a conscience that tells you this is wrong, this is right, this is bad, this is good, this pleases God, this doesn't please God. But what you can do, you can end up shutting down that voice and you deny that voice and you think, well, it's not all that bad. It's okay. And, and that's a nice person and they're a kind person and they're doing these good things as well. And it doesn't really matter. But no, this says there are lies. And we can end up believing lies. There are truths and we need to believe the truth. Otherwise, what we end up with, our conscience no longer alerts us to the lies. You, you end up with no discernment. We keep on saying in this series, you've got to learn to discern. This is so much of what Paul is teaching Timothy here. And, and he says these consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. And then he gives some examples of the kind of things that they teach. He says that they're against marriage. That's one of the things. They forbid people to marry. See, marriage is always going to come under attack. And he says these are things that will happen in later times or in last days. People will ask, are we in the last days? People say, you know, I, I, I literally had something the other day. Somebody Facebook messaged me saying, do you believe we're in the last days? Well, what I'd say, yes, of course we're in the last days. Because Paul said to Timothy that they're in the last days. The last days are the times between Jesus' first appearing and his soon appearing, his second coming. We are living in between those times right now. And during those times, there'll be truth. There will be scripture that's available to us. There'll be wisdom from God, and there will be alternative views. There will be things that want to take you away from the truth and lead you away from God toward hell. And I can't put it, if you think I'm being harsh, all I'm doing is reading what Scripture says here. You have to deal with that. They forbid people to marry. Marriage is so under attack. Please pray for this new book. It's, it's like the old book I wrote, but years on, I've redone this book, The Best Marriage. It's 10 times the book it was, thank God, because of a great editor who's helped me to rewrite this book. But this is a book about people who are thinking about getting married, people who are already married, or people who are struggling in marriage. And it's just ready for worldwide release on the, on the 6th of April from the States, the BEST Marriage, Why Settle for Less. And, uh, I, you know, you can order it if you want to. That's not what it's about, except... Why not invest in your marriage? If your marriage, I'm not saying, this isn't a book saying my marriage is the best. It's saying that God wants us to have the best and he's given ways for us to be able to do so. And marriage is so under attack. They reckon that the divorce rate's going to fly you know, through lockdown. So many people are getting ready for divorce. Well, God wants to help you and build into your marriage. These people forbid people to marry. They order them to abstain from certain foods which God created to be received by thanksgiving. He's saying everything God made is good, but there's these people in this church who are saying to be spiritual, you've basically got to be single and vegetarian. You've got to deny yourself. You've got to abstain all of the time from things that God said are good. You have to have self-denial. But the problem is self-denial, even though we are looking at uh, uh, some practices soon, which will be good disciplines, you don't live that life in order to be accepted by God. Self-denial 
is the problem very often because self is the problem. Self-improvement isn't, in that sense, that possible spiritually because we need the Holy Spirit to be the one who improves us. And otherwise, we're in danger of falling away. That's why he says, don't fall away. He says, watch who you listen to. Watch who's coaching you. Most people who join gyms sign up in January. And the vast majority have stopped going by the end of March. That's when you could go to the gym. But most people carry on paying anyway, as if somehow just paying into it is doing them some good. All it's doing, actually, is not making you lose any weight. It's just decreasing your bank balance. There is no evidence that being a member of a gym actually makes you fitter or healthier. You have to go. You have to exercise when you go. I've seen people at the gym who come in, who go in the sauna for a little bit, come out and sit in the cafe all afternoon, and they wonder why this gym isn't working. See, you can have all kinds of intentions, but you have to work at it, and and don't fall away. Don't fall off. Don't just start by thinking, well, I'll do, I'm going to work up so I can do 100 press-ups. They have these things, these things, you could learn to do 100 press-ups. And people, you know, you could try and do, all kinds of exercises, uh, and, and, but it's not what you can do in a spurt, it's what happens to you over time. And, and you, know, you have to, the, the disciplines that you put into your daily life are what will become evident over time. So again, the, the, don't fall away. The Greek word here is, is apostatize. And the word is similar to the word repent, except repent is I'm going the wrong way and I realize and I stop and I turn around, I repent, and go in the, the, the right direction. I go away from sin, I go away from idols, and I turn to God. But this word is literally like the opposite of that. It's basically saying, I'm following God, I'm looking at God. This is somebody who's grown up in church. This is somebody who maybe is, watches the Ivy podcasts and, 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 and videos and all these kind of things right now. But there's something that is pulling you away, and you just started to turn you're just starting to to turn away away and maybe it's because you've fallen out with somebody maybe it's because it doesn't matter what it is but all these things there's seduction that's pulling you away and is trying to get you to turn away from God and turn back to sin and turn back to idols and that's what falling away is and that's how it happens and it's very subtle and Jesus said it's going to happen and it's going to happen in the last days more and more people are going to be falling away So you have to watch who you listen to. It's the same at the gym. I've had all kinds of advice given me over the years about the gym, in the gym, about how you should do this exercise, what you should do there, what you should eat, what you shouldn't eat. And it just keeps getting revised over the years. There's exercises now that if I was to do them in the gym, some guy would come up to me and say, you really shouldn't do that. And and I used to do it for years, but good advice would say, that's not going to help you. It's only going to harm you. We have to watch who we listen to. We have to watch our diets. We have to watch what goes into us. This is what it's saying because there's all kinds of lies. There's all kinds of nonsense that can come if, if we will let, let it come in. You have to watch and be discerning who you watch, what you watch, who you listen to because it can turn you away. It can turn you away. And this doesn't just come through the ether. This comes through people. This comes through liars. This comes through false teachers. And they will maybe tell you some useless disciplines that don't help them to be holy because they're not. 
but they'll try and impose them on you in order to make them feel better. It's just all those things, whatever they are, are just another self-salvation plan. I've always said you can spell them D-O. It's about what you can do, what you should do, and what you shouldn't do. But the Christian gospel is not spelled D-O. It's spelled D-O-N-E. Good Friday and Easter, we're going to celebrate that Jesus did it all on the cross for us 2,000 years ago. That his last gasp, his shout was, it is finished, paid in full that Jesus has done everything. He's already done everything to make me acceptable, presentable before my Father and your Father. So, that doesn't mean that there's nothing for me to do in order to be able to progress as his follower. See, some people can, you could kind of think that being spiritual just sort of happens by hanging around in a place, uh, by coming to church maybe. And you kind of think, well, I'm, wait, I'm putting it off. I can't wait until we just get back into the building and then I'll feel a bit more spiritual. No, there are things that you can do now if you choose to do them that will help you to grow spiritually. And there are things that you may be doing now that are stopping you from growing spiritually. This is why we have to train. And, and my job is to point these things out to you. You might hate this sermon so far. I'm just doing my job. Because in the next verse... He says this, uh, if you point these things out to the brothers, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus, brought up in the truths of the faith and the good teaching you followed. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. He says, this is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance, and for this we labor and strive. We've put our hope in the living God, who is saviour of all people, and especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. My job is to command and teach these things. That's what I'm here for. I had my, my appraisal in the week with the elders and they kind of asked, you know, all kinds of various questions. But the thing that matters most to me, and I actually said this to them on this, I said, please keep on holding me to account. Please will you keep asking me tough questions. Please will you make, you know, I want people to be able to check my teaching and my life against what I teach. And I know that's a hard, it's a high standard. But one day I'm going to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. One day I'm going to stand before my Father in heaven. And I want to hear from him, well done and good and faithful servant. And so that's why I train hard so I can fight easy. See, we are in a spiritual battle. Ephesians 6 says it. We don't fight against flesh and blood. We've got spiritual enemies. And so we have to train in order to be able to fight them. He says, train yourself to be godly. That's a saying from the army, that train hard, fight easy. And then he starts talking about the gymnasium, literally talks about that word. It's what we get the word gymnasium from. Gumnos means, means uh, it's, it's, it's a Greek word, and basically they would go in, and it's how they did their, their training, and, and, and you'd push against something. You see, we, we, we might think it should just come easily to us, but resistance builds strength. Doing something over and over again builds what they call muscle memory. So strength and endurance come from having to endure, having to push through. I might say, why is God allowing this in my life? He's making me strong. He's training me. He's training me. He's training me. I'm, I'm in training 
right now. The idea is what you push against, you'll learn to be able to push through. And when you exercise these things, whatever life ends up throwing at you, you've got to remember the prize that you are looking for and fighting to achieve. So this is really where Paul comes and he sits down on the bench next to Timothy. And he's, he, in chapter one, he said to him, you need to fight the good fight of the faith. But this isn't about trying harder. He wants to say, I'm going to give you some practices that if you practice these, you'll train better. Spiritual progress is not about trying harder. It's about training better. Could somebody get me a glass of water, please? And more consistently. And in the end, if you do that, you will get different results. See, what we put in and what we do, in the end, comes out. When I first came to Ivy... um, there, was, there weren't many staff, really. Thank you very much. And, um, but I remember Joe Spurling, who then was in the office, she would say to me at lunchtime, um, I'm going into Didsbury, do you want anything for lunch? And I just got lazy, and I'd say, meat and potato pie, Mars bar, and a Diet Coke, please. That was it. Next day, she'd say, what do you want for lunch? I'd say, meat and potato pie, um, Mars bar, Diet Coke. And it just, with most days, that was what I ended up eating for my lunch. Now, day one... Didn't matter. Day two, nobody could tell the difference. After a little bit, I kind of wondered why the scales were wrong in my house. (laughs) And ultimately, they weren't wrong. It was what I was doing over time was making a difference. See, it's like, again, if I was to say to you, you you, you might think, well, I'll try my hardest. This week, I'm going to get physically fit. I'm going to do as many press-ups as I can. That's okay. But do you know, if, if, if you could just build up, maybe you just start by doing a couple on your knees today, and then tomorrow you build it up a little bit and build it up a little bit. If you're a man, if you can get to 40 press-ups and be able to do 40 press-ups, you are 95% less likely to have heart disease, according to a recent study. Your quality of life, the, the quantity, the, how long you live, really does matter physically. But he's talking here about training for godliness. Paul says, don't just train for what matters here. Train for what's going to last. Who remembers who won all those Olympic golds? Well, I'm sure the people who won them do. And it's a wonderful thing. But I have to go on Wikipedia to be able to find those things out. Because all of the prizes in sport, however amazing they seem, unless you're like a proper geek, you don't really remember those things. Unless, as I say, you were part of it. But what this is saying is, despite all of those things that come and go, there's something that lasts forever, and it's godliness. Eusebia, the word is in the Greek. Some old-time football fans might even remember a a football player who had a name very similar to that, um, who, and link it with that famous player. But Eusebia literally means this, godliness, Eusebia. It it means to step back in awe of God. That's what godliness is. It's like like you just go, wow, and you 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 are awed by God. Godliness isn't some boring list of don't do this and don't do that. Godliness is living in awe of God. It's like saying, wow, God, you are so much better than that. 
That's what godliness is. It's like having this God focus. And this word godliness is the word that Paul uses more than any other word when he's writing to Timothy. He says, train yourself for this. For this, this. If you want an awesome life, that word gets so overused, doesn't it? You want an awesome life, you need an awe-filled life. And the way that you get an awe-filled life, not an awful life, is you just say, God, you are awesome and the more you focus on him the more you know you become what you look like what you look at you 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 become what you behold and the more time we spend just saying god you are awesome there's something that happens and glory goes to glory in us too so paul then goes on let me read from verse 12 he says Don't let anybody look down on you because you're young, but set an example for the believers in speech, life, love, faith, purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the reading of Scripture. The word public is in this version. It's actually not there at all in the Greek. It says, devote yourself to reading Scripture, to preaching and teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through a prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. See, what he's doing here, he's saying to Timothy, remember all the promises and all the prophecies that others have prayed over you. And remember to read the Bible. Remember to read Scripture. Remember what your grandmother taught you. Remember what your mother taught you. Remember those things he says later on. In order to be able to think right, you've got to get your mental game right. And you've got to eat right. It's no good just living on meat and potato pies and Diet Coke. The Diet Coke doesn't offset the meat and potato pie. What are you feeding your spirit with? That's what's at the heart of this. What are you taking in mentally? It will show up in your emotional state. It will show up in, in, in how you live your life, in how much you worry. It will show up in what you're like in relationship with other people. It will show up. Eventually, other people will notice one way or the other. Just like if you eat rubbish all the time, in the end, it will, you know, you can get away with it maybe when you're young, in a sense. I used to feel like I could eat anything. And then time comes when you realize, actually, I can't. What's our spiritual food? What are we feeding ourselves with? What have you been feeding your spirit with recently? What's meant to be your daily bread? You know what's meant to be the daily bread? It's this. How much have you been getting recently? The word, the word of God. This is the single biggest determinant as to whether or not you will fall away. How much you read this? How much regular time you spend reading the Bible? He says, devote yourself to this, verse 13. He's saying, keep reading the Scriptures. It's the single, single biggest thing that will determine whether or not you are spiritually fit. It's the, it's the thing that will help you to learn to discern truth from error. How much you read the Bible? And how, and how much you take in of the Bible? How much, you, if you're an underliner like me, how much do you underline? How much do you take notes on it? How much do you engage with it? How, it's going to stop you having a cauterized conscience because you're going to read God speaking to you in here. This, somebody said the Bible will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from the Bible. So if you want to get spiritually strong, lift this. Lift this. Every day, lift this up and read it for yourself. Read it to yourself. Let God speak to you. A recent survey a couple of years ago asked British Christians, this is British Christians, how often they read or listened to the Bible. 55% of those who describe themselves as Christians ticked 
Never. 14% said once a month. This isn't listening to me reading it. This is you reading it yourself. How often does that happen for you? Another survey by the Bible Society, 2019, found over half of Christian millennials in the UK engaged with the Bible. They ticked the box that said, a few times a year or less. What kind of spiritual life are you going to have? How, how are you going to protect yourself from false doctrine? How are you going to not be seduced and led away by demonic seducing spirits? Only 9% of these young Christians said they read something from the Bible every day. 9% of Christian young men and women. We don't have to wonder why churches are unhealthy or dying. We don't have to wonder why we don't feel like God is very close or why he's not really speaking to me at the moment. We don't have to wonder why they fall away. We don't have to wonder why people end up spiritually starved and weak. But if you lift this up, if you engage and read with God's word every single day, you will be strong. You will be stronger. And it's doing something about it, doing something with it when you read it. Not just listening to it and letting it wash over you. It doesn't work like that. You have to work it. I got an amazing video in the week. I'll just show you this. It came through on my phone. A young man called Macaulay was in prison in the northeast. And, um, and then, this is, uh, it, is, it does get me emotionally, this. But years ago, I was able to get 10,000 copies free of this book that I'd written into prisons across the country. Every now and then I'll get a message or a letter from somebody who's read it in, in, in prison and come to know the Lord Jesus through it. This guy's just joined and gone into Jane and Simon's house, the Oaks, and to be discipled there. But um, as he was talking to them, he was saying about a book that had made all the difference to him while he was in prison. And so Jane sent me this video so you can watch it. This jail sentence, right, that I've done this time, come out just yesterday. Out like, like I was saying, it was probably the hardest time of my life, but also the best because I found God, you know what I mean? I, I fully started following Christ in any way. Pete, Peter gave me this book, yeah? What's and the book? Diamond, he gave me this, the, the Diamond Jesus book, right? And, and I read through the full thing, right? And I, I went back through it again, and I underlined know everything that stood out to me, every yeah. every sentence that spoke to me, I underlined it, do you know what I mean? So I went through the full there you go. and I underlined everything, right? And as I, I look back on it, I didn't check right through it again. And then a couple of weeks later, I went back through the book, right? And I read every sentence that I'd underlined right from the beginning to the start. And it was like God was, was speaking to me in a letter, knowing a message. Swear down. I swear down. It just <laughs> honestly, it, re it really helped me get through my sentence. Like these are just the little quotes that I've written down that 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 stuck out to Amazing. me that I felt like I needed to focus on. Like start being a good friend before you make good friends. Your body is a God-given temple, so treat it like one. That was it. Like I just I just written all these quotes down what I needed to focus on and like and, and everything else. And, and do you know what it like. It really, it really helped me focus on God and like helped me grow in my relationship with God, right? And and like I'm getting emotional now saying it because it was, it was, it was a hard sentence, but like. So, how does it mean to you knowing the guy who write that book is now going to be your pastor? It's, do you know what? It's, it's mad because 
like, it's something that I've never experienced before, this, and it's like it just feels meant to be part of something that's just like much bigger than myself. And like, do you know what I mean? It's just what you say. I'm just buzzing that. I mean, we use them. I just like I can't wait to meet him. Just tell him, do you know what I mean, and mm -hmm. enjoy him anyway. But like, I'll send him all these videos. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So good. So the difference that was made. I mean, I love that God helped my book to be able to help him. But it's God's word that's come through to him and. And actually, what's the difference is that Macaulay's done something with it. He's engaged with it. He's listened to it. He's trained it. And when I went, I went to go and see him the same day and, and was able to pray for him. And he said, everybody who knows him knows the difference. Everybody who knows him sees the difference. He's handed on copies of this book to other people and been able to help them, other people in prison as well. That's why we've got to practice these things. Practice makes progress. As we, I'm just going to finish this off by reading this. The band are going to come up. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Nobody's going to see that you're perfect. Nobody ever sees that I'm perfect, but I want them to see my progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. It's, not, it's about what I teach, it's about what I live. Persevere in them, because if you do, you'll save both yourself and your hearers. See, physical fitness is amazing, but don't neglect spiritual fitness. This is what he's saying here. Are you making progress? Are you going the right way in your, in your Christian faith? He's saying, let your progress be clear and evident to other people. Don't neglect what God's put inside of you. Draw it all out because he's got a destiny. But you have to be diligent. Again, we don't like to hear that. We kind of think just by being around some Christian thing, it's all going to happen. No, you have some things to do if you're going to grow and some things not to grow. Some things to turn away from today and say no to and enough to in the name of Jesus and say, God, you are so awesome. I am going to live my life fully for you. Why don't you stand where you are? The band are going to bring us into some time of worship. But I want you to be able to stand if you're able and just say to God, you are awesome. You, I am in awe of you, and in doing so, this is how I become godly. This is how I become more like you, by focusing on you more and turning away from everything else that's going to hold me back or pull me back. See, if you want, don't you want your life to be something that other people see, the difference that Jesus has made in it? Your progress, the changes should be obvious He's saying to everybody who knows you, especially those who are closest to you. Parents, you see your kids grow. You Maybe you mark it like we used to do on the, on the wardrobe or on a wall or whatever. You mark it physically. But what, what, how are they growing spiritually? Do you care about their spiritual growth? Are you praying for their spiritual growth? What about if it looks like they're being dragged away? Are you going to pray that God will bring them back and, and, and show them? Show them that they're headed the wrong way forever. How much does that matter? It doesn't matter if they end up with a great job or a great life in all kinds of ways if it's only for this life. We need to be praying and pointing them to Jesus. And the greatest impact you can make on your, on your children or on anybody is by living it out yourself, by, by letting other people watch and observe how much you love Jesus, how, much, how radical you are. Nobody's going to get any more radical than you by watching you 
And there's a poster I remember of a church I used to go into that said this, you are the only sermon some people are ever going to listen to. You are the only Bible some people are ever going to read. And hopefully, I, I hope that isn't true. I hope that by the, the way that you read the Bible and I read the Bible, that as we let this living word change us, that they will start to hunger and thirst for righteousness too. And then we can do what Zoe did to me all those years ago and gave me a Bible so that I could read it and I could find Jesus and get that living word transforming one life and after another and generation after another. See, it's Easter coming up and we can invite somebody to the fabulous things we've got going, but... What's going to make more of an impact even than that is if people see me loving, if people see me forgiving, if people see me sharing, if, if, if people see me saying no to a bad habit and living more focused on Jesus Christ, if people see the difference in me and you because of the spiritual progress that I'm making one day at a time, then they themselves are going to want to know him too so let's just pray and worship Lord we're signing up again for your plan we, we don't just want to have physical fitness and be spiritually unhealthy I pray Lord more than anything if there's one thing that I'd encourage everybody listening to do today is to commit I'm going to read I'm going to read at least a chapter I, every day of my life I read at least four chapters of scripture I'm busy you can do it when I was in the police, I did 12 chapters a day on three shifts, including 12-hour shifts at times. You can do it. It's about what matters to you. And if you want to be spiritually healthy and strong, you have to read the Bible. You have to say, as you read it, God, speak to me. Speak to me. I'm listening. I'm underlining. I'm making notes. I'm desperate for you. If you make that commitment, I want you to say, put it on here put it on the chat somewhere and say yes I'm going to start reading the Bible more I'm going to get back into this and make that commitment you know a physical commitment a, a public commitment will make such a big difference it's like people say I'm going to lose weight and they tell their friends well here's how you're going to get physically strong fine spiritually strong just write on I'm going to read a chapter a day I'm going to read two chapters a day whatever it is I'm going to follow a Bible reading plan if you fluffed it before it doesn't matter today's a new day Get strong. Lift this up. So you can discern truth from lies, counterfeit from real, and live more and more for the one who loves you and saved you. In Jesus' name, let's worship him now. God, you are awesome. God, you are awesome. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org slash media.